good evening, my NCM family. Um, I am so excited to be here with you tonight. Um, I miss you all. I love you all. I, I'm excited to come back into corporate worship whenever that is. Um, so tonight, thank goodness we have online giving. Let's just put that out there. We're not storing our, our cash away and putting it in a little bank account somewhere just so we can come back in and do it. We have online giving. Thank God for that. Um, so we can, we can give. We can give our tithes and offerings Thank God that we're still, some of us are still working. We still have jobs that we are doing, whether they're at home or abroad or out there, out in the, in the workforce. Um, just, yeah, we're so thankful that God is continuing to pour out his blessing in our lives. And uh, so tonight I'm gonna read from Proverbs 3, 1 to 8 in the NIV. And it says, my son, do not forsake my forget my teaching, but keep my commandments in your heart. For you will prolong your, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will win favor and a good name in the sight of God and man. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. And Father, that is our prayer tonight. We are not wise in our own eyes. We know that it is you who gives us wealth. We know that it's you who is our sustainer. It is you who is our provider. And we just glorify you. It brings us joy to give back to you a portion of the goodness that you are pouring out upon us. We just thank you so much for your provision in our lives. We call this seed blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. So tonight I'm going to try to get through this without crying. Um, I've been in this all day today and uh, I haven't gotten through it yet without crying. Um, so thank goodness. Thank God that it is, it's, uh, we're going to get through this together, guys. We're going to get through this together. So anyway, so the other morning I was, or the other evening, I should say, I was reading uh, a new book and it's Overflowing with the Holy Spirit by Pat Harrison. And, um, you know, I was just reading through it and, and enjoying the, the revelation that I was getting through that. And, you know, I came to the end of my sentence and as an English teacher, there was a period there at the end of the sentence. And in that moment, God spoke to me and he said, you see that period at the end of the sentence on your page? And I said, yeah, he goes, that's your life. And the rest of the room is the span of eternity. Your life is that period at the end of that sentence and the rest of this room is eternity. In that moment, I just, I broke down a little bit and I said, God, and I started to repent a little bit and I said, God, I'm, I'm so, I, I, how in the span of eternity, how can I make my life worth something in the kingdom? How can I make you know, a difference in this lifetime. I know that this life is just a training ground for what you have beyond. And how can I do that? How can I glorify you in this life? And he reminded me of Mark 12, 30 to 31. It says, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. 
And the second is, na- is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And that is something that I had forgotten. My, my father was a pastor when I was growing up and, you know, his motto was always love God, love people. That was his, that was his motto. That was his mantra for life. That was his mantra for ministry was love God and love people. So I had to go back to the basics growing up in church. I think, you know, especially Pentecostal church, we, we learned John three sixteen was our first Bible memory verse that I can remember learning. And it said that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And I thought I understood that. I thought that I understood that, yes, Jesus came and died so that I can go to heaven when I die. We now know, as I grow, grew older, that, you know, him coming to earth was much more than that. Uh, his meaning for dying on the cross was much more than that. And as I got older, I started reading for myself, not just a memory verse to get me a sucker at the end of um, Sunday school for memorizing my memory verse. Um, but I started to really seek God for myself. And, you know, then I read the second verse. I read John three seventeen, and it said, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And that got me. That got me. And I'm going to read it in the Passion. I love the Passion. Um, and uh, it says, For here is the way that God loved the world, that he gave his only unique son as a gift. So now everyone who believes in him will, pay, will never perish, but experience everlasting life. God did not send his son into the world to judge and condemn the world, but to be its savior and rescue it. I mean, growing up, I watched a lot of Disney movies. And um, of course, you know, the princess always gets rescued by the handsome prince. But this, when I read that, to rescue it, it's like... All those fairy tales that I read and or watched as a kid came true in my life. Every single one of us who's experienced salvation has lived a fairy tale. It, it seems so unreal, but that love, that love that he gave, the, the fact that he humbled himself and, and came to earth to die for us, that overwhelming love is like a fairy tale, you know? Um, you know, his message, his mission, sorry, was not to come into the world to judge the actions of the sinner, but that through him, they could have everlasting life. And that everlasting life is peace and joy and love, forgiveness, healing, acceptance, and everything that has ever been needed. You know, so my, my title of my message tonight is love above all. Love above all. You know, because there was a point in my life where I felt lost and, and alone and, you know, forsaken is, is, is a perfect word for it. And, um, you know, I, I tried to go, I looked to the world 
to fill these things that I, I knew from a very young age, you know, I was looking for that peace. I was looking for that joy, you know, that, that healing and acceptance in the world. And it was okay for a minute, you know, it was okay until the next morning, you know, but it left me feeling more empty and full of regret, but it was the love of God. <laughs> it was the love of God and Christian people in my life who were loving me through my wilderness not judging me or condemning me, but loving me back into the arms of the Father. I'm so thankful for those people. And we ministered with those people for a few years and it was, it was an amazing growing opportunity for me. And I, I don't take it lightly. It was the first, they were the first ones to give me a shot um, at a leadership role. And, and I learned so much through them. And but more than that, I just learned how to love like God loved because they loved me in my darkest moments and they were there for me when no one else seemed to be. And, um, you know, I, I just, I'm so thankful for those people who, who did that. And I mean, if you have someone in your life who is, who is wavered or, or backslidden or whatever you want to call it, be there for them, love them through their situation. You know, don't try to, to condemn them or, or anything. That doesn't mean you agree with everything that they're doing, but, but just be love in their life. It, it changed my life. And I'm here today because of that. You know, we're going to turn to 1 John 4, 7 uh, to 21. And I'm reading out of the Passion. I'm talking about love. I'm going to be reading from the Passion. All right, so this is where it gets a little emotional for me, okay? So, those who are loved by God, let his love continually pour from you to one another because God is love. If there is anything lacking in your life, if you have ever felt alone, if you have ever felt forsaken, if you've ever felt abandoned in your lifetime, seek out God. His love is there for you. Everyone who loves is fathered by God and experiences an intimate knowledge of him. The one who does not love has yet to know God, for God is love. The light of God's love shined within us when he sent his matchless son into the world so that we might live through him. This is love. He loved us long before we loved him. It is his love, not ours. He proved it by sending his son to be the pleasing sacrifice, sacrificial offering to take away our sins. Hallelujah. If there's a humbling scripture right there, that's it. Even like in another translation, while we were yet sinners, right? Delightfully loved ones. How awesome is that to be called delightfully loved ones? Um, if he loved us with such tremendous love, then loving one another should be our way of life. No one has ever gazed upon the fullness of God's splendor. But if we love one another, God makes his permanent home in us and we make our permanent home in him. And his love is brought to its full expression in us. And he has given us his spirit 
within us so that we can have the assurance that he lives in us and that we live in him. I am so thankful that I have the Holy Spirit living with inside of me because when I mess up, if I, if the flesh wants to snip back and, and the flesh wants to look, seek for justice and, and cry out, I have the Holy Spirit. Yes, there's grace and mercy because I'm not perfect. It still happens sometimes. I'm not going to lie. But I have the Spirit in, within me who gently and tenderly quickens me and says, uh, you probably shouldn't have said that. But there's a love and there's a mercy in that and there's a humbling in that that says, you know what, God, I'm going to do better next time. I'm going to do better next time. I'm not going to let my mouth shoot off whenever it wants to because I know that's not your will. My, I, bridling that tongue. Come on, James said it. And it's one of the, you can control your whole body if you bridle that tongue. Moreover, we have seen with our own eyes and can testify to the truth that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. There it is again. He's savior of the world. He came to rescue us. He came to rescue a world, a lost and broken and hurting world. That love that flows through us, that's what the world is longing for. If there's something that the world is looking for right now, it is love, it is peace, it is joy, it is healing, everything that stems from the love of God. Those who give thanks that Jesus is the son of God live in God and God lives in them. We have come into an intimate experience with God's love and we trust in the love that he has for us. God is love. Those who are living in love are living in God and God lives through them. If you are walking, if you're continuously walking in the love of God, it says that God is living through you. How amazing is that? By living in God, love has been brought to its fullest expression in us so that we may fearlessly face the day of judgment because all that Jesus now is, so are we in this world. Hallelujah. Love never brings fear for fear is always related to punishment, but perfect, the love's perfection drives out the fear of punishment far away from our hearts. Whoever walks consistently afraid of punishment has not received love's perfection. Our love for others is our grateful response to the love God first demonstrated towards us. You know, those who actually know the love of Christ, who know the love of God, who have an intimate knowledge of that, aren't afraid to mess up, aren't afraid to come to church because they messed up on Saturday night. Those who know the love of Christ know that he is a loving and merciful God. You know, our love for others is a grateful response the way that we love each other, the way that we give mercy to one another, the way that we interact with one another is his God's love. It's, it's our response to that great love. Verse 20 says, anyone can say, I love God, yet have hatred towards another believer. This makes him a phony. Because if you don't love a brother or sister whom you can see, how can you truly love God whom you can't see? For he has given us this command, whom, whoever loves God must also demonstrate love to others. See, when I look at others, I try to look at them through God's eyes. 
He taught me this a long time ago. I try to see the plans, the purposes, the talents and giftings that God has given them. You know, they may not, I may not always agree with the decisions. I may not always agree with, you know, their actions and different things like that. But honestly, that's not for me to judge. They're working out their own salvation with fear and trembling, you know? And if you see your brother doing something, just start praying for them. Are we praying for one another? Are we constantly lifting one another up? Are we there for one another? We need to start reflecting on that, you know? And it said, I have, when, I, when, I, when I see something like that, you know, sometimes your flesh rises up and like, mm, look what they're doing over there. I'm better than that. But then you have to remember, no, I was not better than that. You know, everybody is living out their own walk with God, whether you're here or there, or whether you have gone through this and accomplished that. We're all in this together. You know, I have to let God's mercy, I have to let God's love have its perfect work through me. And that is showing that love, that grace, that mercy to my brothers and sisters in Christ. Above all. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 uh, to 11, again in in the Passion, it says, love, the, the title, I love it. Love, the motivation of our lives, Okay. If I were to speak with the eloquence in earth's many languages and in the heavenly tongues of angels, yet I didn't express myself with love, my words would be reduced to the hollow sounds of nothing more than a clanging cymbal. And if I were to have the gift of prophecy with a profound understanding of God's hidden secrets, and if I possessed unending supernatural knowledge, and if I had the greatest gift of faith that could move mountains, but have never learned to love, then I am nothing. If I were to be so generous to give away everything I own, to feed the poor and to offer my body to be burned as a martyr without the pure motivation of love, I would gain nothing. If I were to be, sorry, I would gain, I would gain nothing of value. Verse four says, and I love this in the passion, love is large and incredibly patient. And that's how I can express God's love. Love, God's love has been large and incredibly patient with me. Um, Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. End of sentence. There's a period there. Consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. Come on now. When someone else is getting blessed, I'm next. You know, that's my, thank you, Lord, that I'm, I'm being blessed as well. Thank you, Lord, that that's becoming, uh, that is a blessing that's going to be manifest in my life. Love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflates its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame and disrespect. You know, I, when I was younger, I had a huge problem with gossiping. I will I'll tell you, you could not trust me with anything. And uh, I thrived on it. And, um, you know, it wasn't until someone actually pointed that out to me. They're like, I can't trust you. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, well, you told so-and-so. And, so, and I was like, oh, yeah, I did do that, didn't I? And now I've had people you know, confide in me certain things that have never left right here. I have never spoken about it to anybody else and nor will I. Um, 
because I don't, but that is love. I'm not going to go out there and be like, do you know what so-and-so did? That's none, that's none of my business. Love is having their perfect work in them. And I have to trust that God is, that God is working out that in them as well. You know, um, it says it's not, uh, it does not traffic in shame and disrespect, nor selfishly seeks its own honor. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offense. Love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong. No, I told you so is here, right? Love is a safe place of shelter for it never stops believing the best for others. Love never takes failure as defeat for it never gives up. This is the part that um, we're, we're teaching our kids, you know, um, love never stops loving. It extends beyond the gift of prophecy which eventually fades away. It is more enduring than tongues that will one day fall silent. Love remains long after words of knowledge are forgotten. Our present knowledge and our prophecies are but partial, but when love's perfection arrives, the, the partial will fade away. You know, when I was a child, I spoke like about childish matters for I saw things like a child and I responded like a child. But the day came when I matured and I set aside my childish ways. We are going from glory to glory. The more we spend time with God, the more we encounter his love and his goodness, we have to be changed. There's got to be a change in us. We no longer receive, we no longer perceive things the same way. You know, um, I just finished my BED and um, one thing that it has taught me, I mean, it taught me a lot of things, but um, one thing that it has taught me is teaching is, is what they consider a reflective practice. That's what you're taught. So every time that I give a lesson, an assignment, uh, an assessment, I constantly have to be um, reflecting if that was the best way to deliver it, um, what was needed uh, to be taught, you know, and James 1, and I, I said this the last time I preached, James 1 refers to the word of God as a mirror to reflect upon your own ways. It is our measuring tool, just as I have to look at curriculum guidelines and provincial things to, and, and measuring my teaching practices. You know, we as Christians, Christ-like, that's what we mean when we say Christian, must use the word of God as our measuring tool and reflect on what is being taught. What I'm teaching tonight is love is the foundation of it all. You know, if your actions are not flowing from a place of God's love, then we need to reset. We need to refocus. We need to inquire of the Lord. I love how uh, Keith Moore says that I'm inquiring of the Lord. I use that this week, you know, because, you know, there was a situation that came up this week and I had the chance to get offended. I had the chance to get angry. I had the chance to, you know, let things fester in me. Um, but instead of doing that, I excused myself um, from my household. Um, and I went into my room and I just got before the Lord. And yes, I cried. I ugly cried before God. And, but and I got into his presence. And this is what I'm learning to do. When situations arrive and arise in my life, I'm learning to pardon myself and inquire of the Lord. 
I'm learning to run to him. I'm learning to run to his presence first before I react to something. And it's not always perfect. I'm not always perfect in it, but this is what I did. And you know what? After coming out of that, after inquiring of the Lord, after crying out to God, you know, I take David as a, as a real, uh, as a real uh, exemplar for my life. You know, he, he was a worshiper too. And, and yes, we can be passionate and yes, we can uh, focus ourselves and, and yes, we express ourselves uh, passionately. Um, but I took, a, I, I took a letter from, I took a note from him and I said, you know what, God, I am bringing this to you. I'm laying this down here so that I don't take it with me. I'm laying my hurt. I'm laying this offense. I'm laying everything down here so that I don't take it with me, so that I can go out and I can be a light. I can be a beacon of your love and your hope, your kindness, your goodness, your mercy in this life, you know? And I mean, we look at Philippians too. I mean, Ephesians, Philippians, like I'm surprised I can still read my Bible. It's so marked up in that, in those, I'm telling you. Um, but Philippians 2, 1 to 16 in the, in the Passion, of course, uh, it says, look how much encouragement you have found in your relationship with the anointed one. We are going from glory to glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. His love is changing us. You are filled with the overflowing, oh, to overflowing with his comforting love. In your time of trial, in your time of, of weakness, excuse yourself, inquire of the Lord. Get alone with him. Find that comforting love. You have experienced a deep feeling friendship with the Holy Spirit and have felt his tender affection and mercy. So I'm asking you, my friends, that you be joined together in perfect unity with one heart, one passion, and united in one love. That love of God, it can unite us. Walk together with one harmonious purpose and you will fill my heart with unbounded joy. You know, this is, this is Paul talking to the church in Philippi. And, you know, so nothing new under the sun, okay? Like there was that stuff going on, backbiting, talking about each other, not, you know, I believe this and I believe that, you know, it's not, it's not nothing new, but even in our differences, we can still come together in that one love, that one love that first brought us to Christ. And we can all come together with a united purpose. And verse three, it says, be free from pride filled opinions for they will only harm your cherished unity. Bridle that tongue. I'm talking to myself. Don't allow self-promotion to hide in your hearts, but in authentic humility, put others first and view others as more important than yourselves. Bend in every display of selfishness, possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interests. And consider the example that, that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. Let his mindset become your motivation. What is our motivation? His motivation was that the world being saved or be saved through him. What's our motivation? You know, every day when I was driving to uh, school, to my work, um, you know, I got into the habit of saying, okay, God, what are we doing today? Because there were 
excuse me, there were situations and there were people that I encountered that were so broken and, and, and we're talking about children, talking about teenagers here who've experienced harshities in life that it became my mission to be love, to be the peace, to be the consistency in their life. That was my, that became my goal. That became my, my modus operandi, if you will. You know, I, I wanted to be God's love to those kids, you know? In verse six, it says, he existed in the form of God, yet he gave no thought to seizing equality with God as his supreme prize. Instead, he emptied himself of his outward glory by reducing himself to the form of a lowly servant. He became human. He humbled himself and he became vulnerable choosing to be revealed, uh, re- yeah, revealed as a man and was obedient. He was a perfect example, even in his death, a criminal's death by crucifixion. And it go, we'll jump down to verse 12. And it said, my beloved ones, just like you've always listened to everything I've taught you in the past, I'm asking you to keep following my instructions as though I was right there with you. Now you must continue to make this new life fully manifest, manifested as you live in, a whole, in the holy awe of God, which brings you trembling into his presence. God will continually revitalize you, implanting you, within you the passion to do what pleases him. What is our motivation? 14, live a cheerful life without complaining or division among yourselves. For then you will be seen as innocent, flawless, and pure children of God, even though you live in the midst of a brutal and perverse culture. I work in a high school, people. I've seen it. For you will appear among them as shining lights in the universe, holding out the words of eternal life in the message. It says, uh, do everything in verse 14 to 16. It says, do everything readily and cheerfully, not bickering, not second guessing, no second guessing allowed. Go out into the world uncorrupted, a breath of fresh air in the squalid and polluted society. Provide people with a glimpse of, the, of good living and of the living God carrying the the light giving message into the night. So I'll have good cause to be proud of you on the day that Christ returns. You'll be living proof that I didn't go uh, to all this work for nothing. And I think that was something when I, when I left my position, I, the kids, they gave me notes and they gave, you know, cards and gifts and things like that. And it was so heartwarming to read the the comments that they were making, you know, because I made it my mission to, to be love and be light and be peace to those kids, you know, the things that they wrote were, thank you. Thank you for, for believing in me. Not everyone does that. You know, thank you. Thank you. You have made such a huge impact in my life in such a little bit of time because you knew, you knew that I was going through things and, and, and you helped me through it. You know, these are, 
these are the comments that you kind of take with you and you hold in your heart because you know that they're not seeing you. They're seeing God in you. God in you. I'm going to finish up with this. And it says John in John 13, 34, 35. And it says a new commandment I give to you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. As have I, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And I think this is an amazing story. I, I told it to the youth group many, many times. Um, I used to go to New Brunswick every year and spend the summers with my grandparents. And um, there was a group of girls. Yes, there were some of them I was related to. I'm related to a lot of people in that city, big family. Um, and, uh, but these girls, these spirit filled girls, there was a group of them, five of them. And if you've ever experienced teenage girls, you know what I'm talking about. Okay. Um, but these girls were different. These girls knew the love of Christ. They were spirit filled. They were after the things of God. And because of their love for one another, Someone else, another teenage girl was saved because of their love for one another. She said, because of their love, they were never back talking about each other. They were never, they were always looking out for one another. They were displaying the characteristics of God, but that was something that was missing in her life and she was saved because of it. I think that's such a powerful testimony to God's love being worked out through us. You know, what's amazing about this is, you know, that John 13 and Jesus said this after humbling himself again and washing his disciples feet, you know, not only that he washed their feet, including Jesus, but then he, after, right after that, he predicted his own betrayal. You know, I marvel at that kind of love. You know, it was a love that, that it was love that brought him here. It was love that he taught throughout his ministry. It was love that led him to the cross and it was love that kept him there. Love above all. So what is my prayer for you tonight? My prayer is Ephesians 3. You know, for this reason, I bow my knees before the father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant to you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Here's the key that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints. What is the breadth, the length and the depth, the height and to know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge that you might be filled with the fullness of God, complete in him, love above all. I hope you're encouraged tonight. And I just want to say that I love you and I'm praying for you. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.